Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. Welcome back to another episode of the Lux Unplugged podcast. This time around, we're welcoming René Steinhaus, CEO at Lux Airport. Luxembourg's airport has grown in tandem with the country's explosive dynamics. In 2018, the number of passengers using Lux Airport reached an astonishing record of 4 million people. René Steinhaus joined the company as commercial director in 2016 and was subsequently appointed as CEO in 2018. I had an amazing conversation with him as regards all the exciting projects that the company has been undertaking over the last few years. But without further ado, my conversation with René Steinhaus, CEO at Lux Airport. Thank you very much for joining us here on Lux Unplugged. It must be very exciting to run an airport in a country like Luxembourg, uh, which has been growing tremendously over the last few years. But before we dive into the, um, the proper subject, what's brought you to, to Lux Airport? Yeah, so nice to be here. Um, yeah, it's a quite unusual career that I made. I was born in East Germany. There I was trained to become a fighter pilot. And of course, luckily, the war fall down. So um, there were quite a lot of opportunities for an aviation career. I was very early into aviation since I was 12. I wanted to become a pilot. But then it was not a very good time in the 90s, beginning of the 90s, to become a pilot because there were some economical crises at this time. So I decided to study aerospace. I did this in Berlin. And then um, yeah, my first job started at Frankfurt Airport, which um, is a very huge airport, like you know, a very a productive airport, a huge hub. And um, then my career was a bit unusual because um, I first went into the industry and I worked 10 years with Fraport in different positions, but also very international. So, And my major project there was the implementation of the Airbus A380, an aircraft which now will be retired. <laughs> I I think I'm getting old. but um, And then after this 10 years of industry, I made a quite unusual step to change into consulting, which you usually do the other way around. So you start with consulting and change then in the industry. And uh, I actually planned to do this for two years. And then it ended up with eight years, uh, international consulting at Atikani um, uh, globally. So many projects in, in Europe, in, in, in Asia, Africa, US. And of course, this is an interesting mix to have uh, the experience in working in a company like Fraport, very experienced airport operator, very productive, and a lot of people that know how this business runs. Uh, I always call it an aircraft carrier. You have not so much space there, very dense. And then eight years consulting, which then looks, of course, into more the helicopter view, the zoom view, so to look at the strategic elements, the economical elements. So these 18 years were an interesting combination. And how did I come to Luxembourg? Um, Lux Airport was one of my clients so at Atikani. We won a project to um, improve the non-aviation business at this airport. So since 2012, I know Luxembourg and now this airport, and it was always more than just a project. I like this place here, like the airport, and there are a lot of parallels between the airport and Luxembourg, because coming to Luxembourg, it is a very international place. And it's really the living Europe, I call it, because usually if you work in Germany, you you work with Germans, you speak German. If you work in France, you speak French. So especially at airports, uh, English is uh, already exotic. But here it is um, a very international place. And also um, the environment here, very clean, very safe. And of course, I always say it's the quality of large cities and large airports, but on a human size. So I really loved this place. Then in 16, um, the airport was searching for a new commercial director. 
I won this selection and joined in 16 the airport. And um, yeah, so it was not new for both sides, but of course now then being part of the company and um, for everybody, it is really passion job. Everybody has kerosene in his blood who works here, not only for Luxair, but also the, the airlines and, and ground handlers and, and, and everybody, but also um, to be part of this change. Because this is what I also realized, the time span or the time that Luxembourg develops, that this airport develops and the possibilities you have to implement things to really see the change. This is really something which is uh, special for this place and I love it. I, I was born in a in a Luxembourg that uh, looked way different, <laughs> and uh, I remember a um, a terminal that more looked like a warehouse, like a rundown warehouse. And today, when I look at it, it's 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 changed a lot, and and, and that goes in tandem with uh, the amount of people that go through it. So my question to you is, um, how would you, in general terms, describe Lux Airport's success um, to date? It's definitely linked to the greater region and the growth of the city of Luxembourg and the greater region. But this is also not so unique. So if you see many areas, large cities, I come from Berlin, of course, uh, 20 years ago, Tegel had 12 million passengers. Now they have double the number of passengers. So it's it's a European uh, economic growth. It's 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 uh, not something unique. It's it's that Europe is developing and also air travel is developing. And of course, also Luxembourg is, is, is uh, the, the larger area and the greater region is, is strongly developing and you see it everywhere uh, is construction sites. It's also what I'm used to from Berlin usually that uh, there's a lot of development. You see the city is changing when you come after two weeks and the same in Luxembourg. It's of course directly linked to this development. We don't cook passengers. We are not a hub like 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 um, Amsterdam or, 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 or London. So we have people traveling through the airport that Coming, are coming from the greater region or that wants to come to Luxembourg or the greater region. Of course, like I said, very international. So people from 160 nations work in Luxembourg. So this is already a very interesting number. And of course, they all go through the airport. And there's an interesting effect. So we were the first uh, Starbucks. We opened the first Starbucks in Luxembourg. So it's, of course, also Amazing. our goal to have, of course, local companies. So Oberweis on the other side is again uh, a lighthouse from for Luxembourgish uh, um, shops, but we opened the first uh, Starbucks and people come to the airport to sit in the Starbucks and watch the people walking by, so they love this international atmosphere. And on the other side, aviation has grown very much in the last cent uh, 10 years, um, and uh, we were one of uh, 20 airports that had more than a double-digit growth uh, in the last five years. So it was not so very unique in Europe, but of course, it's also on a small base. So we are still a regional airport, or let's say even in the ACI uh, rules, regulations, we are a small airport, and with 5 million passengers, you start to become a regional airport. So that's why um, there was a high growth rate, but we also see that this calms down. So there were some structural changes in the region also, but now we see that we come to, to we go back to average European growth rate. So this was a unique time for growth but also some people went to other airports to fly low cost now they don't need to go to these other airports anymore they can fly directly from here because these airlines changed their strategy they want to fly from airports with the demand they don't fly from greenfield airports where people have to go two hours in the morning because they want to target business passengers and that's why um, there were this structural change that airlines are targeting business passengers which don't want to get up at four o'clock in the morning to drive two hours to an airport which is far away. They want to fly from their home airport. If you become a larger airport, 
uh, it's not easy to have double-digit growth rates. So that's why in a smaller airport, if there's one airline adding in play, a plane or a flight, this has directly positive impacts. But also, of course, on the other side, if they stop flying, it could have also directly a negative impact, which is larger than in Heathrow. You don't you don't feel when an airline takes out two or three flights. This is a, a different different size. So I would call this here always a mini Munich. Because we have everything what the large hubs have, but on a human size. We also implemented a very nice product for regional planes because regional planes are small, so you cannot put them on the terminal building with this connector, the jet bridge. No, they are too small for the jet bridge. And uh, people hate busing. And usually with these aircraft, you have to use a bus to go to the terminal. But here we have a very nice terminal, I guess, a lot of glass. You see your plane, which you will board, and you just walk 25 meters to get into the plane. So this is what we just opened in 17. We have nearly 80 destinations that you can fly direct. And there are a lot of business destinations, but also, of course, so-called warm water. So people want to fly to holidays. This is what we offer because there's also demand here in Luxembourg. This all linked with the relaxed atmosphere, short ways and high qualities. This is what we call our boutique airport and this is also what we want to follow up. So our goal is not to become a big airport, the biggest airport of Europe. By nature, this is not this is not the way, but um, we look into where we can make the travel smoother, easier for passengers. Is there more scope to expand to more destinations, to house more airlines? to certainly meet a growing demand. How do you see things um, evolving in the next five, ten years, let's say? So Luxembourg will always stay a regional airport because we, we are the airport of this region and uh, that's why there's, of course, uh, a limited growth. Nobody will live in planes, so that's why this is, this is linked with the region. That's why, of course, we will stay a regional airport. But on the other side, we have a very nice portfolio of airlines here uh, already today. And there's also a un unique uh, situation. We are the home base for two airlines. One is, of course, Luxair, which uh, links us with, with business destinations, but also uh, the Luxair Tours element, which is in the warm water destinations. And on the, th on the other side, a global business, and then we leave the regional airport uh, environment. So we have a huge cargo shed on, on, on uh, east of this airport, and it's the home base of of, uh, cargo looks which is a global player and that's why we also have a 4,000 meter runway do you need this for the cargo planes and uh, that's why this is also unique for an airport in that size um, to having a, a passenger home-based carrier this is usually a larger airport but then also having uh, such a huge cargo carrier I was saying if an airport director tells you he's planning a network and planning what destinations he could add this is not uh, the, the business of an airport our business is to provide to our airlines, our home-based carriers, but also our airlines that fly into Luxembourg, the playground that they can do their business. They are building the networks. They decide where they fly to. It's their business risk. But of course, this airline world is changing very fast. So like I said, 20 years ago, aviation was different. Passenger demand was different. And um, this is also changing overnight. We just talk about hand baggage rules of low-cost carriers. They can change overnight. So that's why our rule as an airport, our goal is to, of course, give them the, the playground, the capacity they need, but to stay flexible for the changes that are coming there. And airlines are changing aircraft very quick. But if you build a terminal, if you plan infrastructure, the planning takes a long time and of course also construction. If it's there, the concrete is fixed. You cannot move it. So that's why, of course, 
And you have to, need to have a long-term view. But we have, in addition, a lot of so-called network carriers like Lufthansa, KLM, Swiss BA, to mention just some of them that are um, flying to their hubs, linking us with a one-stop to everywhere in the world. And the longest connection there is uh, Istanbul, uh, Turkish Airlines to Istanbul. And um, so there's, of course, another element which we add there because you cannot fly everything direct from Luxembourg. We are too small for this. And then there's the third element is the so-called, so-called low-cost carriers. But of course, this is then the, the private travel-driven demand. I want to fly to my families. I want to fly to holidays and I don't want to spend too much money. So there's a demand. And of course, this is a nice add-on. We are nowhere at any limit, not in the terminal, not on the runway. But the limit is, of course, uh, the, the demand. And there I see us going back to normal European averages of growth rates, which is usually around 4% uh, per year in passenger growth. Like I said, as an airport, we are paving the way or the ground for our airlines. Luxor, many years back, established a route, um, I believe, straight to New York. Is there any intention of, of re-establishing a route to the U.S.? Or was that like a failed attempt and, and, and that sort of digested and, and long forgotten? I know that uh, New York is on the wish list of many people here, I guess. Yes, they want to avoid hubs and uh, all the stress there. Um, their time is working for us because all these trials and errors in the past with white bodies was by nature not sustainable because Luxembourg is not a market or the greater region where you can fill every day or every second day a white body with 250 to 300 people. When, when you say white body, is a is It's an, an a aircraft. large plane with two ales, what you usually use from London to New York because there's a hub and they feed from 150 destinations one aircraft. There you can, of course, fly every day. Now the manufacturers are developing aircraft which have the size of uh, A320, which is flying today already here, A321, long-range versions, which can link us with New York, for example, but um, with an aircraft which needs 100 to 150 passengers per flight, but on an economy of a wide body, so per seat, the seat costs are very low. And, of course, there in the future, I definitely see a potential that there are airlines which see that Luxembourg is an interesting small market, it's a niche market, but exactly these aircraft which are now coming to the market and they, they are developing them in two to three years, they will be on the market. There, I can imagine that there are airlines that see us here and that uh, there's a potential to link us with New York, for example. So that's why, yes, I see this coming uh, as an addition to our portfolio, but it can also be Middle East or, or North Africa. But in the end, it's a decision of an airline that needs to be sustainable. How do you see um, the, the impact of the low-cost carrying uh, airlines? How has it shaped the whole economy of the airport? To be honest, um, this so-called low-cost business um, is also developing, like I said. And like I said before, they, they are targeting also business passengers. So the, the simple, I want the cheap seat, I fly low-cost business model is developing into, I have to offer for passengers who need more flexibility, business passenger, a, pro a product which is flying from the destination where I want to get to or want to fly from with more frequency and want to be able to rebook my flight. Two, in the back, I have people who want to pay not too much money, who are more flexible. And um, um, so that's why, but all this is meeting still again in one aircraft. So at the end, 
the so-called legacy carriers in the European market or in the, in the European uh, destinations, they will get very close with the low-cost carriers because they all have the same demand in the plane. But of course, for us as an airport, still don't matter in what aircraft they sit, these passengers also have different demand in the airport. Means that somebody who says, I, I'm flexible, I don't want to pay too much money, I don't need a fast lane, I don't need a, a lounge, I don't want to pre-book. So, of course, they can reduce their cost for the flight. And, of course, this is one demand. And the other demand is I have to fly for business. I don't want to spend too much time at airports, but I want to be confident. I get my aircraft when I'm here half an hour before departure and all these demands that you naturally have. And uh, this is, of course, all meeting in the same terminal. We have just one terminal. These different passengers will meet in the same plane. I don't see the difference there anymore because the, the low cost are developing from their basic product to more complex product, while um, the legacy carrier develop also from their very complex product to a simple product. This is all meeting in the same planes. But we as an airport, of course, have to adapt our product and have to give the same airline a product for passengers who want to uh, spend less money and for passengers who want to spend more money for having more flexibility. But this is exactly aligned with our strategy here to improve our processes, to give more control to the passenger. And you can select the different products. We, we provide services to business passengers that are used to have all these facilities in larger airports. Nearly 50% of our traffic is business-driven, but again, on a human-sized. A lot of growth, a lot of demand for several products that you've just talked about. The flip side is, as, um, as you've, we've seen uh, over the last um, few years, and, and this, this trend has accelerated in the last few months, there's a lot of talks about how governments, how companies need to have their share of responsibility in tackling climate change. Obviously, air traffic and the more people fly, obviously the, the footprint on the environment is getting bigger. So how do you plan on addressing that at your level? Of course, every company has a responsibility, especially in our industry, which is not known to be the environmentally friendliest one. So, of course, aviation is a topic. But it's also technology-wise limited what can be done here. But, um, of course, it's an airport. We have our own responsibility and environment. We um, are looking into our different areas of, of our business where we can reduce our carbon footprint. And not only carbon footprint, it's about plastics, it's about everything what has environmental impact. We don't do this alone. So there's an airport association called ACI. They are uh, internationally organized and they build, uh, or build up a group, uh, ACI Green Airport Initiative. And they have set standards where you go through different levels from analyzing your current situation, setting your targets of, of uh, reducing CO2 up to including partners at the airport and then to get climate neutral first in the first step with, of course, offset payment, but in until 50 to become real neutral. This is what at the moment is in the discussion in the airport industry. And of course, we are part of this group. We will get into level two end of this year. And, um, and well, What is level two? Level two is that we already save 
carbon emissions. So we, we went to level one last year. We looked at our current status and we set already targets and we reduced already targeting our, our, our emission uh, neutral neutrality. We reduced already around 8% of our carbon emissions from the airport operation. This is also important to differentiate. We have the influence on our car fleet. For example, we tested last year with our supplier here. We have a shuttle bus which goes to our economy parking. And it goes 250 kilometers every day because it's shuttling back and forth. And they came to us and said, we now have an electric bus which is the right size. It's a 65-seater. And at this time, it was not so common or so usual to have a 65-seater bus going in a high-frequency connection between two destinations. But we said, yes, let's test how we can operate it. And the result was very great. It was just a little bit more rubber that uh, was used from the back tires because it had more power, the bus. But in the end, it was a success. And since beginning of this year, we operate this bus here on our lane fully electric. And it's also powered with, with um, hydropower, so also renewable energy. We as an airport use 100% renewable energy. So it's not just a print we really buy for a higher price, of course. 100% of our electric energy we are using here is um, renewable energy. Also heating and cooling of buildings. This is, of course, a huge element for an airport. And of course, then also for our partners, because there are ground handlers, which are not Lux Airport. And we see how we can then build this kind of airport ecosystem. But this is not just us. It's also um, the buses on the apron, for example, operated by our ground handler. But so they, they are looking into the bus operation. But of course, we as the infrastructure provider have to develop the chargers and uh, large buses need a lot of energy. So then again, there's some technical um, challenges behind this. But this is what we will drive as an airport, but not alone. We do this in comparison to other airports and in um, yeah, learning from these airports. We even look at now, um, we have a lot of still smokers here. And uh, if you now saw some documentaries, how yeah, poisoned the, the remainings from the cigarettes are, of course, uh, we look at how can we collect this, reuse it. We will be the first airport in Europe or in the world, I don't know, who is collecting it and, and putting it to the, to the yeah, processing of these, of these remainings. So we look also into areas how we can motivate our staff and passengers to to do something on their side but we have no influence on on the aircraft for example this is then the responsibility of the airlines there's always misunderstood as an airport um, you are responsible for everything no we can just influence our airlines of course what aircraft type do they use and of course this is all what we what we plan to do and what we are doing at the moment to wrap up this um, conversation that we've had so far very interesting conversation at the personal level, what do you enjoy the most about, about Luxembourg? I guess I was searching a little bit for my place, but I must say here I really feel home. But um, for me, like coming from East Germany, I'm a little bit, I have something against walls and borders. And I love to drive here from Germany via Luxembourg to Belgium. And you just see on the signs and on the driving behavior that you are in a different country. But you don't see the border, and this is really what makes us strong in Europe, um, that we took away the borders and we work together. And you see with Airbus, this is a huge success. You see with other, other companies, it's a huge success, and I see it also here in this region. This is um, a very international, a very European region, and this is what I love. For Luxembourgish people, this is normal, but um, it's not. If you come from Germany, this is just German. And... Uh, 
you have, of course, tourists in Berlin, but the work environment and the living environment is here also very international. And it's a huge advantage. People are used here that uh, children speak French, German and English. And fantastic in a high quality. This is also not so normal in other countries. And that's why I really love it. It's And of course, it's a wine region. Um, who needs Italian and Spanish wine? <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten good at, good at that, I agree. <laughs> so that's why um, it's a very nice living uh, quality and culture. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We we'll certainly look forward to, um, to having you back on, on the podcast to discuss other aspects of the future strategy that, that you've been developing for so long now. Thank you so much for your time. I thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, locksunplug.com. And see you next time.